3: Welcome to Ask the Expert North Texas here on News Radio 1080 KRLD. Thanks for staying with us. I'm David Rankin.
0: And I'm Kristen Diaz and this afternoon we have Dr. Ken Jones, administrator of Texas Health Behavioral Behavioral Health Center in Arlington uh, this afternoon joining us on the Carol the Afternoon News and you know Dr. Jones we, we were just talking off air for this. You know, this is a conversation unfortunately that continues with mental health health experts like yourself. The conversation of You know, how do we address these mass shootings that happen in society? How do we talk, how do we start the conversation about them? Um, And and there's so many different angles, right? How do you talk to your kids about it? How do you talk to your friends about it if you're, you know, as adults? Um, And ultimately, you know, administrators and staff, how do you have the conversation of mental health in your workplace? So let's just start in one particular area you know, the conversation of mental health has grown over the past couple of years during the pandemic. But when we talk to, uh, about men, uh, mass shootings, like what we've seen, even in the past 10 days, we've had th- three school shootings that we've, you know, reported on, even here sure. locally. Sure. What is the conversation now turning into when we, when we do open up? Are we seeing more people addressing the issue or just kind of talking around it?
1: Yeah, I think that there is some encouraging um, some encouraging movement in terms of people reaching out for help. So, I do think the we are in a process of of destigmatizing um, what it means to actually reach out for for psychological psychological help. So, from from one standpoint, I, I think that that's a a benefit and, and a trend that we hope um, continues. Um, but on, on the other hand, we like you said we have these conversations following tragic unspeakable events that continue to happen. And so that takes on a little bit of a different, I think a different angle, um, because we have now a a wide range of um, events over a period of time with which to look at with an aggregate lens. And each one has a different story, but we see that there are common, common themes. and And I guess my my overall concern has to do with our young people and our students. you know it's 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 impossible to create a true environment of learning um, while refusing to take meaningful steps to safeguard basic physical and psychological safety. And the frustration is that we don't seem to see those meaningful steps taken. And for the student who gets off the bus in the morning and goes in into the classroom, um, that has that has an impact um, that has an impact. so So that's that's deeply troubling that the adults in the room, if you will, um, seem unable to come together and find meaningful solutions to create the kind of safety that our children deserve.
3: Studies come out saying we've seen 10 mass shootings since Friday in this country. And as Kristen said, we've seen three school shootings, two of them here in North Texas the last couple of weeks or so. The phrase mass shooting, have we become desensitized to it?
1: You know, I, I, think, I think we have, because it does seem like a, a rather, um, it, it doesn't personalize that these are actual lives that are, are lost and, and the terror that is associated with hearing that alarm in the school and this time it's not a drill um is incredibly incredibly frightening you know for our kids in that particular environment it's frightening for the surrounding schools and to the extent that children across the nation are exposed to the story and they hear the details and they go well that sounds a little bit like someone at my school or that that's actually something that i can connect with as far as that actually could happen at my school as well um, it has a it has a cascading impact and so that's that is a serious concern
0: i'm very curious on your take on this something as somebody in media uh someone who grew up watching spanish language media for example sure and now i'm in English media we treat and I'm talking about the, the media we treat the in two different worlds um, that that we push that envelope a little bit more in Spanish media where we might Show something that's a little bit more violent or graphic mm-hmm. than in English media.
1: Right. One
0: mm-hmm. thing that kind of I kind of took me by surprise this week was the amount of video footage, the body cam footage from the from the police officers yeah. from the mass shooting in Tennessee. Right. The generation of school-aged kids right now, they are glued to their social media accounts. Right some yes. of these videos were being posted without any warning. What kind of psychological effect does that have on kids who can easily access these videos of these mass shootings that are not video games? They are not movies. This is real sure, life. It's
1: right, yeah. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's a significant and, and detrimental effect, um, the final toll of which I don't know that we're fully aware of right now um but i'll be candid i I do find it somewhat irresponsible um the extent and graphic nature of the media coverage of these events i don't think it's societally helpful and um even in in discussing this this interview you know the question was like you know have you seen the body cam video and my answer was like no i don't watch those types of things and and i'll explain that um you know I, i i don't see significant value in creating or in limiting um, the psychological distance that we get from the details of an event. You know, it, 50 years ago, you know, these things were transmitted in very different ways, and we read the words and we could still emotionally feel that pain. But, you know, I think of it this way if I was asked in the immediate aftermath of an event like this, would I like to ride along with the police while they go find the shooter? I would decline and say, I will certainly pray for you, but I'll wait over here. I would not go along on that um, on that particular mission. I'm not trained in that manner. So why would I want to watch the body cam footage as if I'm actually going on that high stress of an event? And I'm a grown adult. So I, I would suggest that, our children deserve some psychological protection from being that up close and personal to that kind of a traumatic event in the name of its news. And we need to know. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily subscribe to that level of access um, for our brains and especially for the minds of our of our of our children. Um, I think it just creates unnecessary levels of terror. And um, I don't think it's psychologically healthy for our kids. Of course, with these kids
3: being all nine years of age and under, parents all over then have to have a really, really tough discussion with their own children of that age where it's almost, they've, they've started to lose their innocence because they have to have these shooter drills in yes. school with yes. a possibility. How does a parent talk to a child about this without that child being afraid to go to school.
1: So I still think it's worth the fight on the part of parents to limit the exposure to the images of these types of events. I still think it's worth um, making an effort to limit that to the extent possible. I know it's very difficult in this day of the sharing of um, viral clips, but I would still want to try to make that effort to limit that exposure because we're trying to use words to mitigate the impact of images. And that's a one down battle right from the beginning, right? So saying that up front, I think trying to limit that access is important. But to your bigger question of, of how do we have the conversation? I think the most important thing is that we do have the conversation, right? Um, I think as adults, there's a weight of this as Americans, that this is this is the country we live in. This is the society that we're part of. And that sense of hopelessness or helplessness or both that we don't seem to be able to protect our kids when they leave us in the morning and we pack the lunch and they go to school and we we pray and, and we go, we see, it seems like there ought to be more that we can do than thoughts and prayers over and over again. And so that feels debilitating to us as adults. And sometimes I think that creates a bit of a silent pocket where we're dealing with our own sense of guilt and shame and helplessness, and perhaps that conversation at the dinner table doesn't take place. And so, I think it's important to recognize we need to step out of our own kind of adult responses to that and reach out and go like, "Hey, I, I know you heard about what happened today. Um, I want to take a couple minutes and talk about that? What? How does that? How does that make you feel when you hear about those types of things? And when you go to school, do you do you think about?" Those types of fears, or do you have anyone at school that you're worried about, yeah. and, and try to elicit those responses um, from them. If if they do begin to experience any concerning symptoms, um, sleep disturbance, or um, you know concerns concerns as far as as far as lack of appetite and those sorts of things, we want to be cued into those changes so that we can respond appropriately and, if necessary, get them the help that um, that they need.
0: We talk a little bit about kids specifically, um, yeah. but those kids will end up being adults, right? And there's that inner child in every adult. Yeah. The teaching profession is going through a really hard time right now. They I are. mean, it's hard to obtain teachers. You know, a lot of them have retired. A lot of them are saying, "I don't get paid enough to do this." You know, because it's not just teaching anymore. There's so many other responsibilities, including protecting kids from mass shootings, which could happen anywhere at any time. Sure. How do adults address uh, that inner child that they have? That's also scared um, because if we don't deal with these traumas as children, they just, they fester right. Until we, we are adults.
1: Right. No, that's a great question, Kristen, And I think, I think part of the key is there is something healing in taking meaningful action and that is different for each individual but i think that the point is still what can i do to be on the solution side of this and not just passively on the wow this is really terrible i don't know what to do side? so taking meaningful action um actually has its own healing properties for us and so whatever that looks like um, i guess i'll start with what it doesn't look like and that's jumping onto your social media into your normal echo chamber and venting about how awful this is and or making it you know completely um, political um, because that doesn't change the world. That doesn't change our society. No one goes to your social media and goes like, that's a brand new thought. I, I had considered that. Let me change my position, like that's fantasy. Um, it does feel good and cathartic to get out and vent, but it actually doesn't make us feel like we're part of a solution. So finding meaningful ways to contribute, um, that may be politically that may be um, joining a cause and, and saying, I'm going to add my voice until um, it becomes a chorus, until the chorus becomes you know, the impetus for change. Um, it may be trying to find ways to directly provide comfort to those who are grieving in that situation. And so there's ways to get in touch, to donate um, money, to, to find ways to actually try to meaningfully reach the ground level there in Tennessee and and, and um, make your presence felt that way. So so finding, finding meaningful ways to contribute to the solution side of this, I think has positive effects for both the individual and obviously for our larger society because I think that's what we need. We haven't reached critical mass yet and I don't know where that is, but we haven't reached that tipping point where we've seen our society actually begin to make changes and hopefully it's soon I hope it's now, uh, but we've seen so many of these that it's, it's kind of easy to get jaded. But I think we need to keep that hope that we're at some point going to go, we're going to move together um, as, as a unit and, and make the kind of changes that actually result in safer environments for our children.
3: My last question deals with the fact that it's important for adults to find other adults to talk to. Not yeah. necessarily professionals. If they can find a professional, great. But how important is it for us as a society to find other adults, friends, relatives to have these kinds of conversations, just to alleviate these any kind of negative thoughts that one might have about situations like what happened in Nashville?
1: Sure. No, I think it's really important. And so it may be you know for those who have school age kids, and it may be reaching out and talking to parents in your in your group um but I would still suggest though that that connection is kind of a simple catharsis I don't know that we actually hang up the phone and go like well that actually helps me sleep better I think the bigger answer is perhaps having the conversation and then those two individuals uniting and going what can we do right so that may be reaching out to your school board and 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 the reality of going, let's talk about the drills that are done. Let's talk about inviting your local police department um, to come and speak. What can we do in our local school district to harden um, you know, the areas in which our children are educated? Um, so from, from micro to macro, there's all kinds of opportunities to become involved. So if you do reach out, choose to reach out to another adult and have that conversation, I think that's fantastic. But can we move that conversation into in action uh, that actually helps us feel like we're, we're contributing um, on the positive side of the ledger.
0: That is Dr. Ken Jones, Administrator of Texas Health Behavioral Health Center in Arlington, joining us here on the the Afternoon News. Thank you so much for your insight and your time. We really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank
2: you